Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network, which stands for Biblical and Reformed. Today is episode 27. Join us as we discuss cancel culture. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media platforms. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways that you can support us and connect with us. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And he spoke to me. The Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to the nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me in this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, They will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed in their looks, for they are a rebellious house. And you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me. Because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their face and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Well, hello and welcome back to the Locust and Honey podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today, we're going to be talking about cancel culture. This episode has been canceled. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into that, though, Andrew, we've got a lot of catching up to do with everybody. Mm -hmm. Let's tell them how we've recorded episode 27 three times, and two of them were not this episode. That's right. We've been having all kinds of technical difficulties. It's been... uh... It's been stressful. But uh, shout out, and you know who you are, to the two. The two. (laughs) The two. We've had some people that have uh, (laughs) financially been supporting us. So we're going to get a new mixer. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. That'll make things a lot lot easier and hopefully a lot more uh, uh, consistent. We'll be able to be more consistent for everybody. Yes, we will. We've got lots of good episodes coming up. We just haven't been able to record them because we've had all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. But I think we've worked through the majority of them. Yeah. So we're back. Yeah. Hey. Hopefully we'll be on a good little little string here. <laughs> yeah. Um, today's episode is brought to us by Carter. Carter, you know who you are. Me and him had a talk this last week about this, and I thought it would be something good we could discuss on the podcast yeah but before we get into all of that fun stuff andrew affirm something for me all right um hmm. i've got my denial ready i don't have my affirmation ready you want to go negative first yeah i'm I'm gonna have to because i don't have a all right i don't have a positive thing to say i'm just kidding um interesting story we went to Savannah recently and uh, Savannah. Savannah. It's like molasses flowing out your mouth. Um if anyone doesn't get that, then they're like <laughs> they need to watch <laughs> okay. the office more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we went my, my wife and then I greenbacks. We, <laughs> <laughs> we can't pay them. People give us the seed and the dead. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. My wife and I went down to Savannah, <laughs> and um, we were meeting up with a bunch of friends, and so we were kind of in the city trying to figure out what we were going to do, and um, we were sitting 
at this place downtown called the City Markets, and there's this like, um, it's this little this area where you got a bunch of restaurants and stuff, and then kind of coming out of that, you've got this like thing park thing that they've built where they've got like a there's just a open area, and so in the area. There were these they people. They light that place up at night. Looks really pretty. Yeah, it does. It does. It's nice. Okay, continue. Um, in the area, there are these people who were just yelling, and they were just <laughs> like they were dressed up. They had purple robes. They were like, like not like some of them had just robes, and some of them had like, um, like bishop garb. Like it was like that weird thing that they've. I don't even know how to explain it. Like a almost like a chest plate, but it goes over their whole shoulders and back. Uh-huh. Um, and so we were trying to figure out what in the world they were doing. I think that they were from a cult that is called the Black Hebrew Israelites. And it was Ooh, my first ever them? encounter with them. Um, I did not, but I because I, I I remember. Shout out to Cultish. I remember they put out an episode on them, and I listened to part of it. But then I was like, Jeff, I've never heard of these Jeff people. has done a couple really? episodes on that as well. Yeah. I was like, I've never... And Jeff is with Apologia. Yeah, Jeff Durbin. He's he's great. But I've... I don't know. I just I didn't really listen to it a ton because there were other Cultish episodes that I wanted to listen to, and so <laughs> I was, like, new to the whole Apologia scene, so I was just, like, taking everything in. Anyway... I went back and listened to those episodes and I was like, man, yeah, it's, it's bad. And I, I've gotten in a couple like Facebook. Yeah. De- not debates, but like gone back and forth but with one or two on Facebook before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to have a conversation with somebody that was out on the street. Well, and, and here's the thing too, is that, when I was, you listen to them, and they are, they're a group that's very loud. They're a group that's very passionate, and just, you can't, it, I would, I feel like it would be difficult to engage with them on the street in a productive way. You just kind of be yelling back and forth. <laughs> and that well, sometimes is productive. Yell. Well, that's true. Um, Yeah, it's true. You can control yourself. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... I don't know. It was it was interesting. I guess my denial would be uh cults in general because what they do and what they what these what the black Hebrew Israelites were doing was they I mean they had an open bible. They were spouting off scriptures and completely butchering. I mean just obliterating the passages right. for the sake of their own, you know, preconceived notions and what they want it to say. Which is, yeah, and, and that goes to your denial of all. Right. Because, like, if you talk to a Latter-day Saint, which is Mormonism, mm-hmm. but now Latter-day Saints, but uh, if you talk to them, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're going to go, they have to view Scripture through the lens of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormons, um, and so they can't, they have to do the same thing with scripture. You yeah. Know, they have to obliterate it because they can't take it at face value. Right. Um, and Muslims the same way, mm-hmm. you know, so. And, and you get a lot of professing Christians who do that as well. So, yeah. Um, I would say, you know, that's, that would be my denial. Colts, because they, it, 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 I guess <laughs> I had this uh, stored up in my brain on the way here, but like, I think sometimes we try to be careful with cults. Um, not everybody, but I think Christians as a whole, they're just, I feel like they're scared of them. They are, they want to be tender with them. Um, but I think that at some point you've got to wield the sword of the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like at some point you got to chop the enemy's head off, Yeah. you know? And I think, I think it's high time for that to happen in some instances. Not necessarily with individuals. You need to be careful with individuals because they might turn and repent. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but like, I I don't know. Like, as believers, we've got the truth. It's like yeah. you're saying with the whole, you know, if, if the Bible is a gun, I mean, we 
are not using the gun because we don't believe the gun is going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the analogy that you're talking about is yeah. if somebody's walking up and down a street and they're trying to mug people and mm. then they've got a gun and they put it to the person's head and they're like, give me all your money. Right. And then they get to somebody and that person starts laughing and is like, oh, I don't believe in guns. Right. And then the mugger with the gun is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't know that you didn't <laughs> yeah. believe in them. So let me put it away because obviously it won't work if you don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that that proves is not that that person does or doesn't believe in a gun. All it proves is that the 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 person that's doing the mugging with the gun doesn't believe in the gun. Right. And so likewise, us as Christians with Scripture, if we are using Scripture for people that only believe in it, um, then we truly don't believe in the power. And when the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God into salvation, we don't truly believe that if we're not willing to share the gospel with somebody that doesn't believe in God's word. Because mm-hmm. if he is king of kings and lord of lords, his word is for everybody that he created, which yeah. is John 1, all people. Right. So Anyway, that's my denial. And yeah. then... Well, my denial is um, similar. My denial I I found on one of the socials, but I'm going to try something today that we are not set up for. (laughs) Oh, you're going to, you're going to, I'm going to try. All right. But I'm already off to a bad start. Brace yourselves, everybody. I'm not even talking about social context. I'm just I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, g- getting to the truth. Again, in social why, why life. Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because- and so he goes on to talk about how um, getting to the truth sounds deeply transphobic. And he was uncomfortable with that language of truth and I deny any kind of like your truth or mm-hmm. my truth relative. or relative truth mm-hmm. um, and, and as Christians are and this kind of ties in exactly to what you were saying our hope is found in Christ and he is the truth everything he says is true and anything that goes against what he says is by definition false. So your truth, if it doesn't line up with scripture, is false. No matter how much you believe it to be true, it's not true, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I just, I, I, I want to, I don't know exactly what I'm denying, but <laughs> I'm denying that. Yeah. Everything yeah. about that. Um the the culture that says that we that truth is relative. I, mm-hmm. I deny relative truth. Yeah. Um, that you can live your truth and what's true for you can be true for you while what's true for me can be true for me and they can coexist. Coexist together. Yeah. yeah. I uh sorry. Deny all of that. <laughs> all right. Um well see, this is the thing. We can end on the affirmations and then let the affirmations take us into our topic. Mm. We can Ride this wave of positivity. Um, so would this be like affirmative action? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. I would say that my affirmation is... I don't have it yet. All right. You want me right, to affirm okay. something? I'm trying to like think of something on, on the fly and I just don't have it. Yeah. Go ahead. You affirm something and I will have something by the time you're done. All right. Well, I affirm podcast host being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I mean. Well, I, you can affirm that. Yeah. That's not my but. affirmation. <laughs> um, all right. So I am affirming last week. We, I'm a youth pastor. We took our youth to the beach. Um, We had four that got saved and one that is uh, feeling called to be a pastor. 
And so, um, my affirmation is just seeing the Lord movement work. Um, we've been in the word, we've been digging deep into the word for, um, well, I mean, since I've been here, but specifically for, for the past couple of months, kind of been a spiritual drought in the youth group. And, um, we've been digging into the word pretty heavy and it's just cool to see them, the Lord moving and working. Um, I've got a, a lot of the youth that are doing Bible studies and stuff together. Me and Tiff were at the Mexican restaurant the other night, hanging out with the boys, eating dinner. And one of the youth called us on FaceTime and there was like 12 or 15 of the youth all at Starbucks doing a Bible study together. And, um, the Starbucks was right next to the restaurant that we were at. And so they walked over and hung out with us for a minute. They've been getting together. They've been doing Bible studies together. And, um, so that's exciting to see the Lord moving and working. And then just how, um, the Lord's using them in our church as a whole to kind of rejuvenate some people. It's easy to get complacent in doing our, our day-to-day tasks and things like that, you know, um, with it being summer, you and I have kind of joked about how we're ready for summer to be over so we can get back to mm-hmm. our uh, our normal daily schedules and everything. But it's easy to get caught up in those. And um, and so it's been cool to see the Lord moving and working um, in their hearts. And now we're just trying to focus on, you know, having that Isaiah 6 moment of seeing God as holy, seeing ourselves as sinful, falling on our face before him. But then the next 60 chapters in the book of Isaiah is that plod and um, just trying to to harness all of that into uh, a, a sustained, constantly upward plod of looking more like Christ on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I affirm uh, my youth group and what the Lord's doing. Yeah. All right. I've got one. Oh, yes. What is it? Um, so my wife, Emma, went out of town uh, yesterday because You're she goes to the dentist. That, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> she goes to the dentist uh, up in her hometown of Augusta, and it's a couple hours away. So she just went up there uh, yesterday and spent the night, and I stayed home with the dog. Um, and I think what was... <laughs> Interesting to observe is the minute that she leaves, like, I am not, I feel like I'm not as uh, <laughs> uh, fruitful as I was. Productive. You know what I mean? Productive, but also, like, disciplined. I mean, like, it's not even, it's not that she... Um, so you're affirming when God looked at Adam and said, yes, it's not good for him to be I alone. Am. I absolutely <laughs> am. I like, it's not even that she, you know, um, I, it's not that she like is all over me all the time about doing stuff, you know, but right. it's just like, she truly is, <laughs> you know, my helpmate, you know, and oh, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's very, I, I guess, Cause this is, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really separate very often, obviously, um, since we've been married. And so like, you know, I don't really get the chance to really observe this very much, but, um, I think this is the first time I've really noticed it of like, man, (laughs) like, I don't even know. It's not, I guess it's stuff that like, you know, she just does things that you don't even think about, but they help, you know what I mean? Just because it's in her nature to do that. I think that's, she, I was explaining this to her the other night. It's kind of funny. Um, Cause you know, sometimes that she, she, with me being in ministry, sometimes she gets a lot of pressure on herself to be this like model um, minister's wife, um, you know? And so there's just, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that in her mind. And so I was telling her, I was like, you are, 
if you're abiding in Christ, then you don't have to strive to do these things. You just are. And right. he's the one producing the fruit in you. So you just live your, you just live yeah. and abide in Christ. Be faithful to the things that you are called to. Um, and that's not even a tough thing for you to do. I was telling her, I was like, it's not even a tough thing for you to do because you are mature, you know, and you are, um, you want to do these things. So you do them by nature. Yeah. And so it was, it was funny because now when she's gone, you, the stuff that you don't even realize that she does or that she, um, because she doesn't put any effort into it. It's just the way she is. Right. It really, <laughs> it affects you. It affects me as a husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just been interesting to see that. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, the whole, just Adam and Eve and the Lord saying, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helpmate suitable for yeah. him. That's been cool to see. So I'm going to affirm my wife. I'm going to affirm her presence in my life. And I'm going to affirm the uh, institution of marriage. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, it's uh, not with three little kids, like you can, you can visibly see it too. So mm-hmm. like if, if Tiff's not feeling well or if she's sick, like I can see it. <laughs> In yeah. the sink, I can see it in the laundry pile. I can mm-hmm. see it, you know, in the house. And I'm just like, wow, we are a bunch of slobs. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, it's the emotional and also just the physical, just seeing, you know, all yeah. of that too. Well, awesome. Uh, let's jump into our episode today. All right. So we were going down to Florida last week. And one of the guys in my youth that has recently graduated um, wanted to talk about cancel culture. And when I started talking to him and just thinking about it, um, looking at like the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, all of that happened because of Nebuchadnezzar and the, the idol of him was built and everybody that did not bow down to that idol was going to be thrown in the fire. Um Nebuchadnezzar's call to bow to the things of this world is loud and fierce today in our culture as a whole, but specifically for those that are on social media. And one of the things that we were talking about is, so like for us, we can say whatever we want on here. And the people that are listening to this are, typically people that agree with us right Mm. now, you know, and then it's the same thing on my social media platform. I can, you know, use some hashtags and try to get some, some notice to some things that I'm saying, but for the most part, I don't face a lot of pushback. Yeah. But somebody in middle school or high school today, if they say something on social media, the people that are canceling them, Really, it's their friends. All of their friends follow them on social. And there's the culture is preaching. There's something that you have to believe in. And uh, and, and part of that is LGBTQI plus. Part of that is uh, the whole women's health care and them being able to kill their children. Part of that is all of this stuff, you know, social justice issues and, you know, um, critical race theory and all kinds of intersectionality. Like that's all part of what is mainstream. And if they speak out against that, it's, it's, uh, something that they face, Mm -hmm. not just they lose followers, but they lose actual friends that are their followers at school. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the conversation that we were having, though, was how, you know, it's when I'm off on like a youth trip or something and I'm surrounded by these people, it's easy to follow Christ. But then when I'm isolated at at school, it's a lot harder to follow Christ because, you know, um, if I speak out on these things, like it's it's I'm getting canceled at school by my peers and students and classmates, not just trolls on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so what I was telling him though is, um, if we look at ourselves as light, so we're called to be light in the darkness. And if we are a candle 
in a dark room, the light can't penetrate or the darkness can't penetrate that light. Mm-hmm. You know, darkness cannot put out the candle. Mm-hmm. No matter how dark it is in that room, the candle's going to produce light. And if you take that one candle and you put it in the room, you can see around you. But then if you took 30 candles and put them in the room, it's going to be really bright and you're going to be able to see uh, really well in that room. And and that's what the body of Christ is. Um, so the youth group is um, a microcosm of our church body as a whole. And, and we try to, I work hard to make sure that we aren't and don't think of ourselves as a separate church. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are a, a ministry of first, you know, our church here. Mm-hmm. But um, most of them go to the same schools. Most of them uh, are at the same middle school or the same high school. And if there's 25 of them together that are speaking up, um, then then we are, you know, it's it's the whole idea that we are a battleship and the world is trying to sink us with BB guns. You mm-hmm. know, if we understand Romans 8 and, and what it says about who we are in Christ and if he's for us, then who can be against us? Right. And um, if Christ is for us, no matter what the world brings, it's it's those BB guns shooting a battleship. Mm-hmm. The problem is when we take ourselves out of the battleship and drag behind the battleship in a little life raft, mm-hmm. then we can feel the sting of the BBs, you know? Right. But, but when we're together in the battleship, the battleship being Christ, um, when, when he's holding us in his hand and he is our strong tower that we run to, then even the stuff that the world shoots at us doesn't matter right. anymore. Cause I'm not trying to find my worth there. Mm-hmm. So what would your, I guess, thoughts on what we've talked about so far be, or what would your advice be? Well, I think it's interesting. And I was telling, I was telling him, I was telling Carter the other day, like, I I didn't expect there to be such a big generational gap between me and them. Well, you're I, old now. Well, I know. Well, I'm 25. <laughs> I expected that to come when I was, you know, in my 30s. But, you know, you get in your 30s and like that point, you're at least 10 years away from, you know, we removed from being a teenager. Right. And, you know, so they, they, they're going to move fast. They're going to move on. Um, but I was not a teenager that I was a teenager not long ago, you know? And so like, it's crazy to look at them and see just how fast things have progressed. And I was telling my father-in-law this the other day. I think that, um, I think that like high school is almost like the new college in a way where you've got to, so like. In, when you leave to at least when I was in high school, it was expected that when you leave to go to college, everyone's opinionated. Everyone's got their opinion about stuff. Everybody's going to be coming at you. So you really need to be on guard. You need to know the word. You need to be able to speak the word of God into these situations and into these arguments and into these. And then you've got you know classes where the professors are going to be one way. And I experienced this a lot especially because I was in college when <laughs> Trump got elected. So the whole, right. just the whole thing blew up that day. <laughs> I mean, it was insane. It was, it was a crazy place to be, but like now that's high school, you know, right now that is, that is going away from an 18 year old kid to a 13, 14 year old kid having to deal with this yeah. stuff, you know? And so, I think that was the biggest surprise for me, but I also think that that also has been what a lot of youth groups have been taken off guard by. So there are a lot of youth groups out there who are dealing with people who are LGBTQ in the youth group, people who are, you know, you, if you, if you say, you know, if you make a pro-life argument to certain youth groups out there, you're going to get some heat. Right. You know, and it's because 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds are having their opinions formed on these things already, whereas that used to be the 18-year-old. You know what I mean? Right. Well, um, and, and they're being formed for them. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and this goes back to 
<clears throat> the reason everything's progressing so rapidly is because of social media. Yeah. You know, so um, our, our phones, the technology that we have, and this is kind of what I was talking about too, is it's, it's, it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get on my phone and I can look up sermons from people that have lived, you know, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I can also do all sorts of sinful stuff on mm-hmm. my phone. Um, and, and so it's, it's really, if it's a tool, we have to know how to wield it. And, um, but, and so because of social media, um, you can share the gospel with a lot of people. You can get the word out there. Um, but you've got to actually, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a good place to evangelize, like initially throw mm-hmm. seed, but there's not much discipleship happening on social media, yeah. uh, from the Christian end. Now there's a ton of discipleship happening from the world's perspective. Right. The world is discipling people on what to believe and why to believe it. And, um, and, and they're equipping them to be evangelists for their doctrine, Mm -hmm. which is like what you've talked about. It's LGBT. It's all kinds of things. Um, at that camp that we went to, we, uh, during the day they'd break out into small groups and we had like a, a leaders, um, small group. One of the people was, uh, wrestling with somebody who was, uh, dealing with being a lesbian in the group. And um, really, they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that person had some siblings that were in the group as well. And and they were more so defending and standing up for the sister because they didn't want her to be, you know, feel aligned or maligned or alienated. And um, so I was able to kind of follow up with that person and give some um, biblical counsel. They they were just saying, I don't even know how to begin to address and deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like what you're saying, people are struggling with things that a lot sooner in life, uh, really middle school. I would mm-hmm. say middle school is like sixth grade, seventh grade, you're thrown into the deep end, mm-hmm. you know, because by then, You've got to have Snapchat because that's how everybody's communicating. You've got to have Instagram, you know, and uh, and, and you're and you're on TikTok. It's always kind of been like that. It I has. feel like, yeah. but like, well, but now though, now, like, <laughs> I mean, we just didn't have that type right. of, you know, what well, I mean? and if you're a girl on Snapchat, you're getting, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're getting all kinds of um, guys reaching out to you and trying to, to, you know, snap you and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more pressure than there was before because it's all in done in the dark, mm-hmm. not in the open, you know? Right. Uh, it's all on the phones and it's all hidden and it's all of that. So part of that goes to parents. They're not parenting well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then part of that goes to, if you're a Christian, we are called to be set apart. We're not called to look like the world. And, and the things that the world struggle with we should not be struggling with if we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so I think that's kind of part of the answer is for those that are dealing with feeling the pressure of cancel culture through social media, you're, you're looking to the wrong thing, right? You're, you're trying to love the world and say that you love Christ, but uh, Paul tells us, and really God through Paul tells us that you can't serve two masters. You're going to either love the one and hate the other or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't love both when they're opposing masters. And, uh, I think there's a lot of Christians that are trying to do both. Right. And part of that is because they've not surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I think that the call to be holy is something that Unfortunately, in the 80s and 90s and maybe 70s too, I don't know, 2000s, I think that the church and the evangelical kind of, you know, the American church or whatever, you like you had this purity movement. You had this like, you know, I kissed dating goodbye. You had like this right. whole 
generation, I feel like, of believers who um, were very much uh, maybe pious. I don't know if pious is the right word, but like just really boasting in purity. That was like something to be um, strive for. It was something to be boastful about. But I think that what happened was we tried to white knuckle ourselves there. You know, we tried to do that ourselves. We tried to say, all right, I'm going to, you know, take this, that, and the other massive step in my life and just expect to sustain that. And I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was almost the call was good, but it was to the wrong. It was, we were wanting that to come by the wrong means, you know? And that call is the same problem that I have with most youth groups. Yeah. And it's that we're trying to fix the outside. Yeah. And think that if I can control and fix action, then later that will fix the heart. Mm -hmm. But the call to follow Christ, the call to holiness that you're talking about, that's a heartward transformation right. that then affects the outward action. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of parents that they want their kids to look this way and act this way and do these things and want these things, but they're not as concerned with the heart. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, that should be our primary concern is right. that that heart of stone has been made a heart of flesh. And then once that's happened, then the Holy Spirit will cleanse the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's the thing. It's like once that's happened, then all of a sudden you're not going to care if people are going to not like right. you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not – I mean, yeah, sure, there might be some relationships that like are special to you and you might lose them, but that's the call of Christ, you right. know? You need to hate your father and your mother. You need to hate all of these people. Not necessarily hate them, but like uh, compared to Christ, Yeah. Because you're supposed to surrender them. If, you, if following Christ means you you um, lose those people, you got to you still have to follow Christ. You know. Yeah. And I think that the believer though, who is growing into maturity in Christ, is okay with that and actually is um, praises God for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because ultimately, the believer delights in the Lord. And so, which is what the New Testament says: If you face right. persecution for my name's sake, take joy in those various right. trials. Mm-hmm. And and so I think, like what you were saying, the transformation of the heart then goes. It, it not only is something that is a purity thing, like you're gonna you're gonna long for purity, you're gonna long for holiness, but then also you 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 are going to be able to face cancel culture because you're going to be able to say, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, and genuinely be fine with that. Right. You know, I think a lot of people can say that and talk a big talk, but then when it happens, they, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's what you're seeing in the church. You're seeing a lot of pastors who are loving the glory of men more than the glory of God. Well, then you do care about that. You know what I mean? Um, So, and the Lord Lord ultimately will provide you with community anyway. Right. So anyway. Well, that's what the church is. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were initially talking about. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think... So the hack, I guess, for the American church, the way that we can cancel cancel culture mm-hmm. is stop caring about the culture. Right. You know, and what I mean by stop caring is stop caring about fitting in to the culture. Mm-hmm. And um, the only way that we can do that is by surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. If he is my master, I can't love two masters. I'm either going to love the world and the things of the world, or I'm going to love the creator of the world and not his creation, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so you've got a lot of people that are in this world and they're of the world. Mm-hmm. We're all called to be in the world, um, but as followers of Christ, we are called not to be of the world, right. which means we don't desire the same thing the world desires. We don't chase after the same thing the world chases after. But more importantly, we don't see things the way the world sees them. We should be looking through a biblical worldview because our heart and mind has been transformed by the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, then we become that battleship that the BBs can't penetrate. Right. You know, but um, the the reason that people are struggling is because they're still trying to fit into the world. And mm-hmm. we weren't created to do that. 
we're called to be set apart. We're called to be different. We're called to be a new creation. Uh, we're called to be pilgrims. We're called to be ambassadors for Christ. This is not our home. This is not eternity. We should be living for eternity in mind. Mm-hmm. And most people that are can- are struggling with cancel culture, they're living for the now, not right. for eternity. Right. And so we need a mind transformation, which is Romans 12, 2. You know, be not conformed to the image of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. The only way that happens is God's word. Right. You know, so I am to the point where I, you know, I opened up with Ezekiel chapter two um, for those that didn't catch that. And um, in chapter three, the second part that I read, this is kind of where I'm at now. And this is kind of the way I view our podcast. But um, he says, but the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you for they are not willing to listen to me, which is our culture today. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and stubborn hearts. I would say that the predominant majority of American culture has a very hard forehead and a very stubborn heart. This is where I feel like the Lord has put me now. And I would say you too. Mm-hmm. Um, Behold, I have made your face as hard as their face and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like I'm ready right. to go head no, to yeah. head. You yeah. know, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to cancel, cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to do it through the truth, which goes back to that that clip that I played. You know, like the truth is the power of God. The truth is what's going to bust up the strongholds. Right. And and God has given us his truth, and that is our sword, um, that we can wield to demolish the culture today. Mm-hmm. And and by demolish it, I mean just it's, it's, it's completely ludicrous. Yeah. You know, like imagine if you like— Say you got a leftist woman, mm-hmm. you know, and she's out doing all her stuff. If you just walked up to her and you're like, hey, I can't tell if you're a man or a woman, you know, like ultimately that's offensive. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like that's what they want us to be able to say now is mm-hmm. looking at you, I can't tell if you're a man or a woman. Right. Um, it, it, it just, it makes no sense. And, but they're wanting us to to say, okay, this makes no sense, but- I'm going to completely go along with it and mm-hmm. I'm just going to bow down to whatever you tell me to do. Um, it's not loving and, and I'm ready to have a hard forehead um, and a hard face and yeah. set my face on Christ and be unapologetic about it. And so when things like Roe v. Wade getting overturned happens, I celebrate in that because right. God has brought a victory in babies not being murdered by their mothers, mm-hmm. you know? And when people are worried that, well, if we overturn Roe v. Wade, then we could overturn, you know, a Burgerfeld and, and gay marriage rights and all of that. And mm-hmm. if we go back to scripture, there, <laughs> there are no gay marriage rights, yeah, like, you know what I mean? I mean like, okay. And so like, <laughs> I, if that yeah. were to happen, that would be great. Right. Because, we, we don't know what marriage is anymore. We don't know what the family is anymore. We don't know what a person is anymore. We don't mm-hmm. know what, you know, gender and sexuality is anymore. We don't know all of these things. But ultimately we do because mm-hmm. God's hidden his word in our heart. You right. know, he's, he's put a desire to seek after him. And um, as much as we try to, to bury it, we can't. Right. Um, that's, you know, uh, God's universal... Um, revelation to us all we we can see that there is a creator and ultimately we know that he has created us mm-hmm. you know um, we and, can reject that but it doesn't make it less true right and i mean you know especially the youth youth especially also uh, people our age of course i think of all ages but especially in the youth i think what they're going to face is the absolute idiocy of the culture of the fact that when and and like the youth group here my hope and my prayer is that they're going to delight in they're gonna they're gonna have a hunger for god's word they're gonna have a thirst for god's word when they do that what you're gonna start to see is the true stupidity of it all and what's gonna happen i think is that what you begin to kind of find is it's almost like a kid who knows that they're not supposed to have something, but they're pitching a fit anyways because 
you're not allowing them to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so yeah, it's the like, culture is the kid in Walmart right. laying on the floor kicking and screaming that right. they can't have the lollipop. Right. But for us, and, and I think the youth hopefully are going to find this too, it's like, you know that this isn't right. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And so that can give us confidence that Scripture has something to say about the hearts of unbelievers. Yeah. It says that they have suppressed the truth about right. God and unrighteousness. Romans not, 1 is actually true. Exa- and it's very, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's very, very obvious today. Right. You know what I mean? It is. And so as Christians, we've got to be able to say, this is the truth. It's, it's not a matter of having an intellectual argument. At this point, you know, it's not a matter of having those great used to have these big debates between like, you know, creationists and evolutionists. I remember that was in high school. That was like the big thing. It was like Ken Ham against Bill Nye. It was a big debate that happened Uh and everybody tuned in and it was this huge thing. And those were just growing up. You think it's just this massive intellectual thing you're going to have to get into to speak to unbelievers about. Well, now you've the Bible. got now now you've got a, a a professor that's saying now when you start talking about the truth, that's you know transpho- transphobic. Yeah, you know, and that offends me that you're right. trying to talk. That's hate speech to say that there is the truth. That's hate speech, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, as Christians and especially as young Christians, we've got to take you know what's in second Timothy, we've got to take that to heart where it says, do not let them despise you for your youth because ultimately the professors can be tenured. The professors can be, obviously they're going to be doctors. Your teachers are going to be, have college degrees. These people that you're going to talk to yeah, are going to be very first highly Timothy, educated. First Timothy 412. First Timothy. Yeah. Do and not let them despise for youth, but set the example in purity, holiness, righteousness, all that. Right. But ultimately if you've got the truth of the gospel, if you got the truth of God's word, I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's no answer to that. And what are you going right. to say? Like, especially like now with abortion, you get, what's interesting to watch is to see pro-life people. I mean, pro-choice people actually take down the mask and say what they want, which is the murder of their child. And they'll tell you, I want to kill my, ch- they will literally tell you, I want to kill my child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then you're just like, oh, okay then. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that is what it is. You've got yeah, people who want to kill their children. You've got people who despise marriage. You've got people who despise who they, they despise ultimately who they have been created as or who they were created well, but that's, by. All of this is say. a rejection of God. Right. All of it is. You know? It's a rejection of, of God's image. Like, we are the image bearers of God. Yeah. And so the the whole transgender movement, the whole, all of that stuff, it's a rejection of God because yeah. we're rejecting, we are his image bearers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I, so I, I guess we can end on this. If I was going to talk to the youth of America between, let's say, ages 12, and we'll go to ages 12 to 25, um, what, yeah, it's me. There you go. <laughs> what I would tell them is this. You need to know God's word and you need to set yourself on God's word and the truth of God's word. And, and I mean, I don't know that I can say it any better, so I'm just going to read it. Um, I send you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They have, and their fathers have transgressed against me even to this day. The descendants are also impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus saith the Lord. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Do not be afraid of them, nor of their words, though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. And you shall speak my word, whether you hear, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, what I say to you, hear what I say to you, and be not rebellious like them, but open your mouth and eat what I give you. And so that's my call: is to 
to stand up against a rebellious culture that's ultimately rebelling against God. Uh, America, our, our current culture today, is a culture rebelling against God and stand up to them and say, thus saith the Lord. It's not my words. It's not my opinion. It's not my truth. It is the truth. It is the way. It is the life. And it is the power of God into salvation, mm-hmm. you know? And so we we need to boldly stand up and we need to boldly say, thus saith the Lord. Uh, we need to open our mouth and eat what the Lord is giving us, consume it so that we can then give it back to the culture. And, and pray that the Lord hardens our foreheads as much as he's hardened their foreheads, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the Lord doing that. The right. Lord's made them stubborn. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart you know, so that he may be glorified. Mm. But I'm excited for the younger generation too, because there is such a, a a ripe harvest of souls in America today Mm -hmm. um, that you no longer have the mass majority that would say they're Christians. And it's just this kind of, you know, gray fog of, I don't really know, you know, they say they're a Christian, but they yeah, like yeah. the world and it's, you know, they go to church some, but they're nowadays it's, it's, it's very, you, you can, there's those that are chasing after this world and there's those that are chasing after Christ mm-hmm. and they're looking distinctly different. And, um, but that darkness as, as it gets darker, the light of Christ is going to shine even brighter. And so mm-hmm. you can have, that one candle in pitch black and you can see it from afar off. Right. And, and so as we, the church in our culture today are shining the light of Christ, we are being the light that he's called us to be. We're being that city up on a hill. He's going to draw people to that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it be encouraged. Um, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of getting canceled. Uh, if you do not desire the things of this world and to please the world, but you desire to please God, uh, being canceled is not going to scare you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not scared of being canceled, you can say whatever you want. Right. And that's what the church needs to do. The church needs to start saying God's truth and speaking up uh, and quit being scared and timid and not wanting to, to speak to uh, the things that the culture is saying that's completely ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> if you are still here and you've not canceled us, uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. This episode was not canceled. This episode will not be canceled because we ultimately don't care what the culture thinks of us. That's right. We are doing what we do for the glory of the Lord. That's right. And I hope that you do too. But uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We will see you again. Um Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.